Okay, sounds good. All right, welcome to Six Inch Football. I'm your host, Alex Trinkline, and today we have a very special guest, Johan Gomez. What's good? What's good, bro? Um, it's a pleasure to be on here. I know, I know we've been talking about it for a minute, and but I'm glad to be on. All right, all right. So um, with, with this podcast, we like to uh, have the guests kind of do a little intro about themselves, a quick little um, the soccer background. Uh, what they do. So, could you just give us a little soccer, your soccer background? Yeah, for sure. So, my name is Johan Gomez. I'm a 19 year old Mexican American playing abroad for FC Porto. Uh, but I originally grew up playing locally in Dallas for Solar Academy first. And then when I was about 12, I switched to FC Dallas Academy and I played there until I was 18 and then I transferred over to Porto. So, that's kind of just a little short version of my, of my soccer background. Um, start off, uh, can you give us like the, the best part of living in Portugal and the worst part of living in Portugal? Honestly, I wouldn't say there's a worst part. Like I really love it here. Uh, it wasn't too much of a culture shock. Um, like Portuguese, I think I speak it pretty decently now. It's similar to Spanish. So it's not that hard. Um, the people are great. You know, everything is super chill. I love the weather and the best part I'd say I don't know. I love the city. I love specifically the city. Uh, I know we're talking about Portugal in general, but I mostly just know like the city I live in, but I love it. Honestly, it's, it's just so beautiful and probably that's the best part to me. And there's beaches here, so it's good. It's always, always pluses with the, the beach. Um, yeah, something we didn't have in Dallas. <laughs> so, um, so you're playing for uh, Porto. Um, you know, obviously the, we're going to talk a little, a little bit out there. The jersey sponsored by New Balance, but that away jersey. How do you, how do you feel about the away jersey? I mean, is it a step down from FC Dallas jerseys? Um, are you, are you talking about the all white ones or like the navy blue ones? All the all white ones with like the gray like fade. Yeah, okay, I like I like those a lot. Uh, I'd say it's so different because so here obviously Benfica are rivals, and at Dallas we wear a lot of red on our jerseys and here like um we don't wear red at all like you literally can't wear red into the locker room or anything uh, because of benfica it's actually a rule and you get fined so i mean it's 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 super different but now i don't know i like i like our jerseys a lot so i wouldn't say it's a step down i think it's a step up in my opinion no hate to no hate to dallas so um so uh you grew up playing in the development academy with uh fc dallas what was that like? Do you think uh, I've gained some valuable uh, experiences through that? Um, and do you think that really progressed you as a player? Oh, for sure. I mean, although uh, my experience with Dallas didn't end how I would have liked, I feel, you know, they provided me valuable opportunities, you know, lifelong friends that I still talk to, obviously, to this day. Um you know, so yeah, it's it was a great experience. I could score a lot of goals, play a lot of games, play a lot of great teams, which was super valuable in making the jump. I don't think, honestly, I don't think if I'd played in, I mean, some academies are very good, don't get me wrong, but, you know, if I was anywhere else, say Houston Dynamo, something like that, I don't think I'd, I would have been ready to make the jump to Europe because um, I'm, I'm playing with the best at, in Dallas. So I can't, ex I can't express enough gratitude to, to them for giving me those experiences. Yeah. Um, so something a lot of people say about, like, I mean, DA Development Academy is they don't get that much like free time. They don't get time to like hang out with friends because obviously training is rigorous and you also have like school. Do you think that also applied to you? That's, that's an interesting question. I feel like before, say like before my last two years, um, yeah, I would agree with you. We had like I didn't have that much free time. Like I was doing homework in the car all that kind of stuff. But honestly, junior and senior year, junior year was a little bit harder because um, of like AP classes in junior year is usually your hardest. But in senior year, which is my last year, I mean, classes were chill. So I wasn't doing as much homework. And honestly, an experience that you don't get anywhere else that you get at Dallas is that you go to school with your teammates. So those become like your bestest, bestest friends. So really, you're always with them. So it's not like you want to hang out anywhere else like you're just always with them and even if you do hang out outside of soccer outside of school it's with your teammates usually so I don't know I'd say yeah like a lot of the time you don't have a lot of free time but sometimes it depends on your schedule you know 
So uh, you talked a little bit about school. Let's continue on. You committed to Portland University, right? Um, so what what go? I mean, you obviously didn't go on and play for before Portland, but I mean, it's a option for a lot of players to go play uh, college soccer. What made you choose Portland over other schools? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean. It was a lot of factors played into it. It was a very kind of stressful decision for me and my family. I wanted to make sure, you know, it was the right decision. Um, but honestly, like me and my family knew that was a backup option, but we did want to have it. So I visited actually lo- locally where you live, kind of. I visited uh, University of Denver, okay. uh, which I really like a lot. Um, I visited UNC, Columbia, Maryland. And they were all good experiences, different experiences, but ultimately you had to weigh the pros and the cons of each one. And honestly, when I went to Portland and saw their amazing fans, the way they actually tried to play, which isn't too common and for college teams, you know, I was like, okay, I like it here. And apart from that, my, my best friend committed as well. So that didn't hurt. So, yeah. Um, so there's a famous TikToker. He played at Portland, Portland for D1 soccer. You probably played against him, Noah Beck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how do you feel? Do you think you could have been a famous TikToker? TikTok famous? No, I don't. I don't think that lifestyle is for me. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I like making TikToks and sending them to my friends. And my sister, when I go home, she always has me making TikToks. But um, no, actually, it's crazy because I, I don't think I did play. I might have played against him. I don't remember him though. But it's crazy because so he, when he went to Portland, I guess he followed me because I I knew that he knew that I would um be going there as well. And I didn't know him. And honestly, I was thinking like, you know, should I follow him back or like whatever. Like, cause I don't know him, but I followed him back, and um, lo and behold, now he has millions of followers, and um, and he still follows me. And we, we talk uh, every once in a while, but you know, he's he's uh busy doing big things. But yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Um. So uh, we're gonna mix up a question. Um. Obviously, I think everybody kind of has the go-to snack. You know, after training, after school. What What is your go-to snack? Oof, it's a good way. I I do like to eat a lot. Don't um don't get me wrong, but go to snack, it's tough. You know, um, I do have a sweet tooth, but I try to stay away from that kind of stuff. I only, if it's like right after a game or something, and it's like late night, I'll I'll have um I love Oreos. Like I'll have an Oreo and milk, uh, but that's like the that's like the non-healthy one. The healthy, you can always catch me eating apples. I eat like a couple of apples every day. It's like, it's so good when I'm hungry and like craving something like non-healthy. It's good to take away the that hunger and it's really good for you. Like like they say, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, so. All right, all right. Um, so I guess we're in the, the golden generation of US men's national team uh, with a couple, you know, Americans playing with Barca, um, Chris Richards. I mean, you you've obviously played against a lot of these guys with youth national teams and um, the DA. Do you think that? I mean, what do you think the potential of U.S. men's national team can be? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the sky's the limit. Honestly, you know, I've played with and against Gio. I've played with Chris. You know, I've played with Conrad. I've played with all these guys, and you know, you can see their quality and. You can see that, you know, the national team has a, a really bright future. So, I mean, yeah, like like I said, the skies are limited. Honestly, you know, we have the quality we need, and I think it's just a, it's just a matter of uh, having the, the right mentality to put that to put that talent together and make it work, you know? All right. So, um, obviously, a big, uh, big uh, thing with U.S. national teams is, is, like, the brotherhood. Do you think you already, like, feel that there's, like, kind of a – Brotherhood with the youth national teams. Today, I talked to Matteo Rattaccia, who was my uh, roommate back in like last year uh, at a U twenty camp. You know, we're so tight; we talk quite often. And you know, when someone does something well, like Cello uh, Palomino debuted the other day. You know, I said congrats to him, and a bunch of my U twenty teammates congratulated me when I scored my my first goal this season here. Excuse me. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's honestly a, a great big brotherhood. I mean, even though we're obviously competing for spots, um, you know, there's no bad blood. And 
you know, the competition is inside the field, but outside the field. And, and even when we're not together, it's, uh, it's always a lot of love being shown. All right. Yeah. So speaking of us, uh, youth, us, U 20 national team, um, I've been looking at some of the players, IGs, they all have like the same posts. I don't understand. Like there's, there's no creativity with the IG. How do you feel about that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you're probably, you're, you're probably right. Honestly. I mean, uh, we got to get a little bit more creative with the stuff we post, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I, maybe, you know, we lack a little bit of creativity, but you know, next time I see them, I'll, I'll make sure that uh, we post something a little different. Yeah. Um, so Adidas, you have Adidas tagged in your bio. Are you, are you sponsored by Adidas? Yeah. Uh, shout out to Adidas. Uh, I think I signed with them back in February around there. So it was, it was kind of recently, obviously stuff with the pandemic and, has slowed down their operations and stuff like that, but they're still hooking me up with boots. Um, and when they can, get, they can get certain orders out to me, they, they do that. So, I mean, yeah, I'm blessed. All right. All right. Um, so, I guess as soccer players, we always kind of find uh, find lessons and we learn lessons, like uh, like like from when we were little to lock your ankles when you're shooting to now, like taking on players and learning new moves. What do you think are some – major lessons within soccer that you've learned? That's a good question. I mean, there are so many lessons I've learned, like not even, not just in football, but in, in life in general. But I mean, there, I feel like there's so many, like you couldn't just pick one. Um, I like, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's a really good question. I mean, you kind of got me uh, stumped a little bit, but you know, I've just learned it's, it's, it's honestly, I think football is something that you, you're supposed to like, when you get to a high enough level, if you want to reach the next level, I think that those lessons kind of never stop. You know, you have to, you kind of have to take something from every game, from every training. And so that's what I try to do. I mean, I think I learned the best thing to do is learn a new lesson every day so you can get better the next day. Um, and so I, I don't think I can point out one lesson that I've learned that's been more than the rest because each lesson that I learned helps me become better, you know? All right. So, um, obviously you're, you're podcasting, um, your podcast, Chum Chat. Um, you, what goes into the preparation of every episode? Is there any preparation? That's a good question. Uh, it depends. It depends who we're interviewing. Um, so that for example, this week Busio, we already kind of know him personally. So for example, no hate to him. He's a great guy. It was a great episode, uh, but it's a little bit less preparation, you know. Especially you know, uh, Judd is at SMU doing college, uh, playing well there. Tens obviously in the MLS playing, being busy. I'm out abroad, so we're all busy, you know. So you know, if we can get an episode with someone that we know that takes a little bit less preparation, it's more ideal for us. But for example, we interview someone as big as Dabo Sweeney. It's different, you know, you can't go into an interview like that not knowing what you're going to say, what you're going to ask. So we have a Google Doc in which we uh, all have access to and we all put our questions there, we all access it. And then while we're interviewing people, we have our group message that we'll, we'll talk and we'll be like, okay, I'll ask the next question, I'll ask the next question, or let me ask a follow-up or whatever. And uh, we always kind of follow a, a template of intro, outro, questions, typical rapid fire, depending on an interview or if it's just a a normal boys episode and you know it just depends but yeah that's a good question but sometimes it's like little to no preparation we're just like okay today we're gonna record or and sometimes it's extensive preparation like okay this needs a week you know yeah yeah, yeah. so you spoke a little bit about judd uh judson burns smu um i already can tell from watching watching up watching some chum chat episodes he's quite a character what is the weirdest moment you've had with judd uh Judd, if you're watching this, I'm not going to expose you right now, but um, there's so many. There's so many. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you. Um, man, most of them are way too embarrassing, so I don't think I could say, but, man, I, Judd is, you know, I'm, I'm going to brag on him a little bit because he's just a great friend and, and a great guy. He's goofy. He's a little ugly, but uh, he's got our backs, and, and he's funny. and He kind of helped. I think he's the main reason, like, we all got brought together, you know. Uh, me Tanner and Judge specifically so you know he's, he's a great guy and, and there are too many uh embarrassing uh moments to tell but 
Yeah, maybe maybe we can talk about it next time. Yeah, I don't really know what he's doing with that like bleached mullet thing. <laughs> I don't. I I, I just know. I don't know. I don't know. I think he thinks it looks good, but you know, I mean, I think he has a girl now. I mean, he's, he was talking about it in one of the episodes, but I don't know if that's working for him. It's working for him, but you know, we'll see what he does with it. He better not have been in that like uh, SMU student section for that football game. I, I saw that. I saw that. I, I have to ask him about that actually, because I saw they were all getting kicked out, but I think he's been, I think actually he's been quarantined because someone from the, from the team tested positive. So he's been isolated. Oh, and actually, no, on the weekends, he typically goes to his ranch. I think he was out there. But, yeah. Um, so, um, so, what kind of sports, I mean, uh, what kind of teams do you follow up within, I guess, sports overall? Just sports overall? Yeah. Uh, I mostly stick to, obviously, like football, like soccer. Uh, just following those kind of teams, and that's the sport I easily watch the most of. But, you know, anyone who knows me knows that I love all sports and try to try to keep up with, especially my hometown team, which is Dallas. I love the Mavericks, Luka, Luka Magic, um, Cowboys, you know, I'm a pretty diehard Cowboys fan, but especially being out here and, and not being able to watch the games typically is, um, you know, I've, I've followed them less. And obviously since, you know, it's the same thing every year with the Cowboys, you know, I just decided not to waste my energy on the, on supporting them. Um, but my dad graduated from the University of Texas, so we're Texas Longhorns fan for, for college football. And, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, you can just catch me supporting any any team from Dallas, whether that be Texas Rangers, Dallas Stars, whatever, yeah. All right. So, um, obviously, there's an added amount in the recent years of pressure on the U.S. Men's, I mean, at least all U-20 teams, specifically U.S. men's national team, U-20, U-17 teams, um, just because, I guess, I guess – U.S. men's national team fans like to hype up young players. Um, do you think there's an added pressure to being on the U.S. men's national team, U20? Uh, no, I honestly don't think so. Uh, I mean, I feel like with any good player, people are going to hype him up. You know, it's up to the player to not let that get to his head and stay focused on his goals and, and getting to that next level, you know, and actually achieving his potential. So I feel like, honestly, I mean, yeah, the U.S. fans do hype up a lot of players early on. But I don't know personally, but I feel like it's kind of the same same thing with Mexican players, with Portuguese players. And I have, I have actually noticed that. So, I mean, I feel like it would be no different in other countries. And honestly, I feel like maybe in other countries that there would be more pressure uh, because, you know, a lot of countries have more history and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. So um, obviously, there's a, there's a lot of good players coming out of C Dallas Academy, um, but specifically, I mean, what we talk about, we see Chris Richards, we see uh, Weston McKenney, um, you, uh, pl- plenty others. Are you the drippiest player to come out of FC Dallas Academy? Um, nah, that's a good question. I feel like before I'd say no. But I'm getting my style up. Uh, I feel like now I'm up there. Chris, Chris has got Chris has got a little bit, you know. But Weston, Weston does have drip as well. But I don't know. It's a good question. It's a good question. Uh, I'll get back to you in a in a year or so. But uh, no, nah, I think it's a it's a it's a good competition right now. But yeah, I think it's between maybe those three. All right, all right, all right. Um, uh, so, um, obviously. There's not that much uh, spotlight on the soccer soccer agents and that side of soccer. Um, can you shine a little bit of light about what it's like having an agent or being with the agency? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, not a lot of people know about that kind of kind of side. And actually, so my dad um, has kind of like a, a little blog and a website, and he goes into depth uh, in an article about it. Actually, I'm pretty sure. I have to ask him. I'm not sure if he did, but I think he was working on one. But uh, yeah, so so me and my brother are assigned to Octagon, and we share the same agent. Shout out Mike. And um, it's just so originally, I guess I was approached in GA Cup like in 2017, 2018, by him, and I was connected through the club, and and we started talking and stuff like that. And obviously, as you get a little bit older, and there's more interest, you know, more agents come. So that's a process that you have to go through with your family and stuff, choosing the right one because. Not all, every agent has different connections and every agent has different intentions as well. So you have to make sure you're choosing the right one. Um, but yeah, 
uh, honestly, your agent is the guy that helps you get sponsorship deals, you know, uh, negotiates your contract for the most part. So, you know, it's someone who will, well, it depends. Cause I mean, for, for me, I think that I might have a different relationship with my agent than others do. Uh, cause he's pretty tight with me and my brother and my family. So he's always checking up on me making sure that, you know, I'm good mentally, good physically and stuff like that. Giving me tips, but obviously that, that varies agent to agent. So don't take my word for it. But in general, every agent will negotiate your contract, sponsorship deal, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so my club, Real Colorado, um, obviously you've probably played them a little bit in the NDA. How many times have you, what's like the record of wins to losses against Real Colorado for you? About, uh, Real Colorado typically did give us some trouble. I think one time in U19 year, they beat us when we played it in Colorado. I remember that specifically because actually uh, the University of Portland head coach and the University of Denver head coach were there to watch that game. Excuse me. And uh, we lost. And I remember specifically, I had, a, I had a chance to tie it and I missed. So that's how I remember that game. Um, but typically, we'd always beat Real Colorado. Um, but they, they were <laughs> they were pretty good. Don't get me wrong. They were probably honestly they were they were typically better than the competition that the Rapids would give us. But it was just because Real Colorado had like such I remember they had such like like a fighting spirit. Like they would always fight, fight, fight. And it was very it was always very physical games. So that's what made it tough. But no, typically I'd say I think only I can remember one. Maybe two times losing, I, d- I doubt it. Um, but pro- yeah, one I remember for sure. Yeah. So, um, so you're playing with uh, Porto, um, Porto B. What is that like with the training? Um, is it like more than pl- more intensity with training than with FC Dallas? Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, the intensity is unmatched. And I think only the only training I've ever been that's kind of matched it is with the national team. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. FC Dallas, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a lot of quality, but sometimes we lack intensity. Here, every day, every single second of every training session is intense. And if it's not, they're going to get on to us. So yeah, it's it's unbelievably intense every day. So you just got to be ready for that. Yeah, so you're kind of moving around positions. Have you, have you always played like striker? Um, and all right, so um, talking about intensity um, and U.S. youth national teams, um, have you seen a fair share of players just like get like not be able to progress as fast as you as I guess as a player? Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say that. I mean, you know, you look at players like, you know, Gio Reyna. Uh, I was younger than me and already playing with the first team for Borussia. You know, players like Guest is only a year, younger than me, a year older than me, but already playing for Barcelona's first team, you know. It's just, I feel like, you know, everyone has their different career path, you know. Their players are doing better than me, quote-unquote, better than me, or players are doing, quote-unquote, worse than me. So, you know, I feel like, you know, it can it can change. Football is like that. It can change in a second. You know, tomorrow I can be playing in the Champions League for Porto's first team and or the next day, you know, I could just be back with the B team or whatever, you know. So I feel like every player, that's the beauty of football. Every player has their different career paths. So I don't think it's anyone's doing better or worse. I feel like even if you're in that pool, just in general of, of national team players, you're doing well, you know. Yeah. So um, I guess at least with, I guess, Real Colorado, there's a lot of different teams, I mean, and very good teams. I mean, the right because we have a DA, DA team, a ECNL team, and teams that play in Carl Champions League, which is all very good. So, I mean, even if you're on the third team, you're a very good player. Except the only thing is, I guess, player comparisons is kind of brings a lot of players down. Do you think that was that a problem for you as a kid, as comparing yourself to other players your age that were better? Um. Honestly, it never really was a problem for me, I would say. You know, there, I think there was maybe a period, maybe when I reached FC Dallas, it was like, okay, you know, I think the club rates maybe some players higher than I than they rated me. But I don't think it really affected my confidence because the way I saw it, I was just thinking, I'm like 
every time I get the chance, I'm outperforming those guys and I'm showing my worth. So if they don't believe in me, you know, I have to go somewhere else, you know? So I think, no, I honestly live by a quote and I'll share it with you. I think, I don't know who said it, but it's comparison is the thief of joy. So if you're constantly comparing yourself with others, you're never going to be happy because, you know, you're always going to be comparing yourself to people because there's always going to be someone who's better than you, like without a doubt. So, I mean, I think the best thing you can do is focus on yourself and try to maximize your potential instead of focusing on others, you know? Yeah. So um, growing up, was there a certain player you kind of admired or based your game off of? It's a good question. Honestly, growing up, I can't say I based my game off of anyone because I was very immature as a player. I think I was a little bit of a late bloomer. And I, I kind of just had my own game, you know? But someone that I just admired very much, and even to this day, like, you know, he brings a smile on my face when I watch him play is uh, Ronaldinho. And he's just, for me, honestly, if he had carried along his high level for a couple more years, he'd be the GOAT. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was such a great player, always smiling, making it look so easy. Uh, yeah, that's who I admire the most, honestly. And Cristiano, obviously, because of his work rate. But just in general, I'd say Ronaldinho is someone I admire. Um, so are you are you the same age as Chris Richards? No, I'm a year younger. I'm a year younger. Oh, right. so, and um, did you ever, like, play up, play up an age group? Or are we always, like... I played up one year. I played up one year. Uh, from U15 to U17. And then when I was a U17, the next year I played up a couple games with the 19s. So I think I did get the shot to play with Chris if that was going to be your next question. Um, so uh, you've, you've interviewed a lot of people with Chump Chat. Um, I'm not going to tell you, make you say who's the best person or the worst person, but who had the... Uh, good interview that you wouldn't think would have that great of an interview or was was exceptional had an exceptional interview i should I think say. shout out to danelle leva uh gymnast gold oh, actually no not gold medalist but silver and bronze medalist and for male gymnastics i mean that's super impressive um i mean all the guys were blown away he spoke about football spoke about gymnastics he gave great tips and I mean, tips from someone like that is, are just extremely valuable. You know, he's literally achieved the pinnacle of, of his sport. Uh, even guys in football dream to play in the Olympics and win the Olympics. So I think, not that I didn't expect him to have an, an exceptional interview, but he just blew all three of us away. And I think that's been the only time that we were like, wow. Like we were literally afterwards when we hung up, we were just kind of speechless, you know, it was, just, it was amazing. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... Um, well, I've totally forgot my question. Uh, so we're in the nemesis right now. I guess I kind of focus a little bit on boots. Are you are you a nemesis player? You like wearing nemesis? Yeah, I'm. A, I'm a nemesis guy. All right. Like, why do you like the nemesis though? Are you like a like the low so profile? I'm pretty superstitious, and so my my last year in the United States, which I think was my best year. I mean, I won Central Conference Player of the Year. I think was averaging a goal or a little bit more than a goal a game. Uh, and we got to the finals. I wore Nemesis like all that year. And I, the white and pink ones, I don't know if you remember those. Uh, those are like my go-tos. And I wore them literally all throughout my trials. And I wore, and I was wearing them when I earned my contract here at Porto. And I wore them until they literally tore. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, when I signed with Adidas, they obviously give you the chance to choose which model you want to wear. And for me, and honestly, they gave me the chance to uh, do Nemesis laceless or Nemesis like with laces. And I always played with the Nemesis with laces. So I was like, just give me those. And yeah, that's why I'm there. All right, all right. So um, Cole Bassett, obviously, I think you, you said something about him earlier, but um, he doesn't show too much motion. Um, Tell me a little bit about Cole Bassett. I mean, uh, I guess I've kind of watched him a little bit because, I mean, he's a local guy. Um, What's some some interesting thing that you've learned about Cole Bassett over the years? Well, shout out Cole. We we actually, our relationship kind of started because we're represented by the same agent and agency as well. 
Uh, and there's a video out there of me uh, stealing the ball off him and and going on to score a solo goal and win 1-0 in Colorado. So I always tease him about that. And that's kind of where our uh, relationship started. And I think it's just blossomed since there. I mean, we're good friends. We talk all the time. And, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, he's quiet. But on the field, he's he's a leader on the field. And he's got enormous quality. I was teasing him because he plays like an 8-10-ish position. And uh, he was his finishing was super good last time I saw it. So yeah, you, you can catch him scoring goals and he's just he's just a great player and a great guy and I really look up to him the way that he kinda carries himself and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I think he he might seem quiet, but definitely when we're hanging out, uh he shows emotion and he's uh he's just he's just like the rest of us, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think something interesting about uh I guess relatable for me with uh Cole is that he I just he didn't make it on a team that he wanted to. Um which is kind of kind of like me. I guess you kind of get lost at these big clubs. Is you get like on a team you don't want to be, and so you kind of have to build yourself, I guess, up. Which he did, and he eventually made himself into a home run player, which is definitely relatable. And um, I mean, he grew up playing for Rush, which is also another another rival of my club. So yeah, yeah. Um. So obviously, you got a lot of good connections. Getting good guests on your show. You think you think we can get a couple good good guests on uh, on six inch football? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you want if you want Cole on, uh, I just DM him and I'll and I'll tell him to look out for it. All right, all right. Um, so, um, would you rather play on on like grass, like some nice grass, or would are you more of like a like to play on turf i hate turf i hate turf i love a hundred times i'd rather play on on awful grass than good turf honestly all right, all right. but I'm, in in dallas da- does it does grass grow like decent over there oh yeah for sure our grasses were amazing uh but we train on turf every day and and not that I honestly that turf was not that bad, but when I came over here last year with the nineteens, we would train on turf every day. Uh and it was awful and it was hard and I mean the field was good, but it was just like I felt like it was hard and, and now we train on really nice grass, so thankfully. Right, right. Um so obviously uh youth national teams are sponsored by Nike. Do you get do you get some like good you national team gear? Yeah, for sure, but uh, I don't get to keep it. Oh. I mean, some <laughs> some players, you know, sneak a sneak a little shirt home or whatever. And um, but yeah, I mean, even if I wanted to, I couldn't because I can't wear Nike outside of that stuff, you know. All right, all right. Do you got you got some good memorabilia? I mean, from playing uh, throughout your years. What do you mean? Like, I mean. It could be anything like a jersey or like a, I mean, like a, a pair of cleats um, or like something another player gave you, like a jersey swap, you know. To be honest, I mean, up until, I don't even know if this year we can jersey swap. I'm assuming we can, but um, up until this year, like we haven't been able to jersey swap or, or whatever it may be. But I think probably, so two players, I got two players from the first team's jersey last year. I got Tecatito's jersey, which is a Mexican play, national team player. Uh, he gave it to me off his back after a game. And then Manchesin gave me his jersey, and he signed it. And he signed a couple things for um, my family. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, I think those are probably the two best things right now. But I, I have I have other stuff. Like, um, I have other stuff, like pictures of players and and things that uh, players signed, like Gervinho, I think, back in, like, 2014 before the World Cup. Got a picture with him, and he signed my shirt, and, and, and I'm at Colo Ture, and my dad made Drogba, and got a picture with him, so, yeah, stuff like that. All right, so you mentioned your little brother a little bit, um, Jonathan, right? Um, so, obviously, I guess he's he, – what is the age difference between you guys? Two years. I'm another one, he's another three. All right, so have you kind of – I mean, as you guys were growing up, kind of, like, taught him a little bit about some ins and outs? of the game, I guess? Yeah. 
for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of credit for that. I feel like he's definitely learned. He's definitely gotten a jump on his development because of lessons he's learned from me. Don't get me wrong, he's a fantastic player, uh, but it always helps to learn from older people, and especially if it's in your own family. So, yeah, my dad taught him a lot as well as I, I think personally that I've taught him a good amount as well. But, um, yeah, he's a great player. I mean, my little brother, let's see. So he's, like, he's in third grade, so a little bit of a longer different difference. But, uh, you know, he's, he's a baller, though. He'd be scoring, like, several goals, several goals a game. Um, That's good. You got you to gotta lock him in and keep him on the right path. No, I almost see, like, my grandpa, he really likes baseball. And he, my little brother almost fell to baseball. I was like, that's not, that's not going to happen. No, no, no. You got to keep him on the soccer track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, let's see, let's see. Is there any uh, uh, secret deleted scenes of Chum Chat that nobody knows about? So many. So <laughs> many that don't make the cut. I mean, we try to keep our stuff clean um, because of obvious reasons. You know, we, me and Tanner play for professional clubs, Judd place for SME, which is a very highly touted university. So, uh, yeah, I have a couple of episodes on my computer, and I'm, I'm sure Judd does as well, that just come, didn't make it at all because it was just um, not clean enough. But And even some stuff that we say that maybe could go on, if, if it's iffy, like, we don't put it on typically, you know. So, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. All right. Um, so, um, when do you think, uh, I guess – you you could play for Porto's like first team like good minutes. I mean I know you're on, you're playing for Porto B and getting good minutes. But when do you think you can get good minutes with the first team? That's a good question. I think football is all about moments, you know. So you know it could be tomorrow, it could be in two years. I realistically see if I have a good season this season, maybe I can, you know, jump into it by the end of, not get meaningful minutes, but maybe jump into it by the end of the season start being integrated into the first team by the end of the season, which is uh, hopefully my goal. Um, and who knows, honestly, you know, like I said, football's all about moments, so it could be tomorrow. could be, who knows, it could be in two weeks and in, in three months, so we'll see. But I think primarily I just want to have a really good season this season, so even if I don't make that jump this year, I mean, maybe there's another club who, who wants me in their first team, and, and then we'll go from there, you know? All right, all right. So, um, uh, so, uh, with coronavirus, we see, you know, players, I mean, lots of injuries because I guess players have not been working out. They haven't been, you know, properly training. Uh, what do you think, what have you been doing during quarantine to, you know, keep you keep you fit, keep you on your game, you know? Yeah, so I had two programs. I had one from Porto, and then I had one that I was following from my, from the national team uh, that, I, that I specifically asked for. So I was doing as much as I could from home. So originally I was stuck here. But then I flew back like April, right before things got like super, super bad. So I was there at home like from April to July-ish, beginning of July. So, yeah, I mean, I was just doing as much gym work as I could. I would go. Luckily, I had like a field right by my house with goals. And I could just go and work there with uh, my brother when he was home or by myself. And so I think I'd ha I had a, a, a decent advantage over a lot of people who didn't have that, you know. So I think I was pretty active. And. Luckily, I, I took it very seriously, you know, taking care of my body and stuff like that. So, thankfully, as of right now, I'm still healthy. I think at least for me, it was good because, um, obviously, well, I moved over over the summer, which was kind of weird. And um, and I haven't – I didn't take, like, a long break. I mean, a little bit, like, a month or two off because, I mean, soccer, indoor soccer, it's all throughout the year. So, um, yeah, it's good, good. Um, so – you still, you still have been chosen between the U.S. Men's National Team and the Mexico National Team. Um, what do you think are some pros of playing with the National Team, U.S. Men's National Team? And what are some pros of playing with the Mexican National Team? I honestly think that this is the same pros. Uh, you know, you get to represent your country. You get to, you know, play with great players. You get to hopefully participate in the World Cup and qualifiers and important games like that. So I think, honestly, for the for the most part, the pros are the same. You know, I think it's just the difference between fan base and, and coaches and players and stuff like that. But, you know, the U.S. and Mexico, it's a, it's a big rivalry, but I think in a lot of ways they're 
pretty similar in terms of, like you said, pros. And, and I don't, I mean, I don't think there are any cons at the end of the day. It's everyone's most, not everyone's dream to represent their country. So I think either way, it'd be a great honor. Yeah. So um, obviously that moment with Matt Miazka and uh, Lalien, I don't know how to pronounce Linus. his name. Linus, yeah. Yeah. Um, where Matt Miazka did the little, like, you're shorter than me thing. You yeah. think do you think that's the just the start of um, a bigger picture of like some uh, some on field aggression? I mean, I remember somebody sat like on Josie Altador in the final of Gold Cup. Is this going to continue? You think? Well, yeah, yeah. I think it's just in the DNA of the rivalry. You know, uh, <laughs> it's just it's just what U.S. and Mexico do. You know, you can go back, and I'm sure you can watch. I'm sure there's probably a compilation out there of, of U.S. and Mexico's most heated moments. And, you know, it's not going to stop. I, it's not ever going to stop, I don't think. You know, it's just part of the rivalry. It's what a rivalry is. So, yeah, I think it's um, – and I'm, cer- I'm, I'm certain it's going to get even uh, more intense as the years go because uh, the U.S. is now getting more quality as well. So the games will be better than ever. Yeah, I mean – and then there was that big moment where, like, Landon Donovan said he's supporting Mexico in the World Cup. Like, everybody went crazy. Uh, Taylor Twelman just completely had – he had another rant. Um, so, you know. Uh, do you think that, uh, um, like – so, FC Dallas, what is, like, the player pathway, at least? So, I'm, like, I'm a 16 – say I'm a 16-year-old in FC Dallas – academy i'm on i'm getting a couple trainings maybe with the first team and um i'm obviously on the their da team what do you think what is the pathway for for me i guess uh i think right now it depends i mean now that they have the second team in north texas i think you know that's the pathway you know you go from the academy you get games from north texas you earn a north texas contract and then hopefully you end up you earn a a home contract, but at the end of the day, you know, excuse me, that's not what everyone wants. That's not the pathway for everyone. Like I said earlier, you know, football is all about different players having different pathways. So, you know, for me, I didn't see myself playing in, in USL League One for one, two years before I could move up to MLS. And and same thing with my brother. I mean, I'm sure he'd be down to talk to you, but, you know, it just wasn't, you know, for a player, his quality, it just, it just didn't make sense to not be directly, go directly into the MLS. So that's why he left. And that's why he's getting more opportunities at, at Louisville. Um, so, yeah, I mean, every player is different. You know, you see Justin Shea, who's a good friend of ours, you know, just get signed homegrown. I mean, that's his path. That's what he chose. But, you know, it doesn't work out for every player. And that's why, you know, players learn and grow. And, yeah, so I couldn't tell you your pathway. You know, it's it's solely based on your preferences and how you see yourself in the team. Yeah, and, um, I mean, we even – I mean, Tanner, Tanner Tessman, your good friend, he, I mean, he played a little bit for uh, – North Texas, and then got moved up to the first team, so, you know. Yeah, and look, let me tell you this. I can guarantee you if they had offered, which I think they did, if they had offered Tanner a North Texas contract, he wasn't going to take it, and he didn't. So they realized, okay, we have to offer him a homegrown if we want to keep him. So, you know, it, it just depends on, on what players want and stuff like that because a lot of players won't take a North Texas contract, and other players will more more than be more than happy to take one, you know. Yeah. Um. So – I think, I mean, with uh, a couple of players, they're kind of just, I mean, they get stuck in the system. I think, like, Orlando City has a system. Uh, uh, Seattle has a system. Even Dallas has a system where they have their first team and their second team. And some players just jump from club to club, but they're always on the second team. And they, they need to change. They need to go to a club that is just, it, it's like its own club, not an MLS club. Do you think that players kind of get stuck within being on farm teams of MLS teams? I know that typically happens a lot in baseball. Uh, I think, I think in football or soccer, you know, it depends. I feel like if you're young and you have the quality, you won't get stuck, but you know, some players, you know, come, might come back into a, for example, there there might be some SC Dallas Academy Academy graduates that you know graduate and come back into North Texas, and it's difficult because they're a little bit older and maybe you know now it's easier for the club to look at the younger guy that plays the same position and be like, 
okay, the older guy, I have a little bit more quality now, but I have more time with the younger guy to develop him. So typically, you know, the younger guy will get the opportunity. So I'd say that's more happens for older guys. So I, I feel like if you're younger, you know, you'll get, you won't really get stuck in that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, did you, did you play soccer throughout your whole, your whole life? Did you ever like switch to a different sport for like a season or two? No, I played different sports up until about sixth, seventh grade. Well, sixth grade, I played, I guess, my last official sport because seventh grade, when I joined officially the FC Dallas Academy, I couldn't play anything else. But um, no, I would, I would, I would always play different sports, but I would just play soccer, either simultaneously or that year as well, even if it was like fall season. I would play baseball, basketball, and I never played tackle football, but I would play flag football like every year almost. Yeah. So, um, your friend uh, Tanner, he got a he got a football scholarship for as a kicker. Do you think are you a better football kicker than him? Oh no, no way. <laughs> uh, Tanner has a fantastic leg, and he hits it well with both. I'm sure I could be a great kicker. Uh, don't get me wrong, but first of all, I've never kicked, and Tanner hasn't really kicked either. But you know, he has at least had a little bit of practice. You know, if you put me out there, I would need to learn a little bit how to how to get it right. But um, no, I think Tanner has me beat just solely by the power in his legs. But um, don't get me wrong, I think I'd make a great kicker as well. So maybe that'll be my backup option. So um, you've kind of uh, – well, you kind of moved around positions a little bit as an outside outside wing, outside midfield, and as a striker. Have you always played the kind of those attacking positions throughout your soccer career? Yeah, I've never seen myself, honestly, as a defensive player. Uh, I mean, I don't want to rule that out of the picture because who knows, I could transfer to, you know, kind of like what happened to – Davies, you know, he's a winger, now he's an outside back. You know, that could happen to anyone. It could happen to me. So, you know, I don't want to put it out of the question because I don't want them to come back to this interview and be like, oh, he didn't want to be a defensive player. But, you know, I think it's in my it's in my DNA to score goals, create goals. So I've always been part of that if offensive. Part and honestly, I've always been kind of like a nine. No, I, some years I would play 10. And then some games I would play as a winger. Um, but when I, when I went to the national team, I was a nine. And then one game I went out to a wing, so uh, so Charlie could play nine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think I take part in my versatility, and I think I play every position. I think I play great, honestly. I mean, I'm just saying, U.S. Men's National Team kind of needs a striker. I'm <laughs> just, 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 right. just – That's just, the plan. Yeah. That's the plan. Hopefully I can step up into that role, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, so uh, – uh, you spoke a lot about uh, the U.S. youth national team. Is there, like, they added staff? Like, is there a good amount of staff for those, I mean, national teams, I guess? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't been to a camp in like, over a year now because the last one I went to was in September. I got called up in January, which I was injured for. And then in March, we we're going to have one here in Portugal. I got called up for it, but it got canceled due to corona. So we haven't had one in a while, but I remember them them having a decent amount of staff. So there was Tab, which was the head coach, and then we had, I remember Brad Friedel, which is a national team legend. I remember Frank. So those are the main two assistant guys, and then they have a bunch of like trainers. So yeah, I mean everyone's looking after you. They have like uh, the manager guy, which is Connor, and like the nutritionist and just all that stuff. So yeah, they have a they have a lot of people on staff, and th- this was in Slovenia. So keep in mind they had they can take less people. So I'm sure if it was in Florida or something like that, then there would be more. Yeah. yeah. So um, obviously, kind of the path for players after the career is e- either they get into coaching or they kind of get into commentary. Do you, what path do you think you maybe would take after? I feel like I could tell you that after my career, honestly. You know, I, I feel like I honestly I'm like a great coach. I, I see the game very well. And I feel like when I watch my film back, I immediately understand what I did wrong and how I can improve it. But, you know, maybe my career is just, okay, I'm just tired of being critiqued or whatever and just want to relax. And, you know, because with coaching, I mean, it's, just, it's basically like playing except you're not taking that physical toll on your body but it's kind of more of a mental toll and people are still getting on to you and you can still get fired for in like three games. 
So, I mean, if I'm, if I have a family or whatever, it might be more difficult to get into to coaching, but commissary, I mean, it's interesting as well. I remember I used to kind of like, I would watch games and I would try to commentate them. So, I mean, maybe that's something I would get into later on. Cause I think it's fun. Like, you know, when you're talking to your homies about, you know, certain games, whether it's football, soccer, games, it's fun, like discussing that kind of stuff. So we'll see, we'll see, but I can see myself getting into either one of those, honestly. Yeah, you could be, you could go, you know, Tony Romo. I mean, yeah, Tony Romo, I mean, getting uh, getting some big money now, so we'll yeah. see. He gets paid more than Zendine Zidane, though, so. Really? I might have to get my, uh, I might have to learn about my American football a little bit more. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh I think that's all the questions I got for you. Um, you got anything else to add on? You got any questions for me? Um, no, I think, I mean, I kind of got to know you a little bit before we started the interview. So, I mean, no, I mean, yeah, just keep going. This is a great start. I mean, you're 14 years old, right? Yeah, just 14, turned 14. Yeah. Starting your own little podcast, you know, playing for a good, great club, Real Colorado. So, you know, just keep going. You're on a good path, a really good path, so. Yeah, that's, that'd be my only advice to you. Just don't put your head down if anything bad happens because something bad will happen. Don't get me wrong. Life isn't perfect. But, you know, just keep going. And it's all about mentality, so just stay strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny that you say I'm playing for a good club. I mean, we did win 11-1. Uh, yes, I mean, on Sunday, sa- Saturday, Saturday, so. That's good. Congrats. Hey, stay safe with COVID, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean – Actually, so they split up. They split up uh, the Colorado, I guess, all the clubs in Colorado playing their own, like, Colorado League. And so they kind of split them up into different sections instead of playing us all in the same league. So I'm only playing teams from basically, like, Highlands Ranch, Douglas County area instead of having to go up to, like, Boulder, where coronavirus is really bad. So, you know, it's all good. All right, that's Six Inch Football. Thank you guys for watching. Um Please uh, subscribe and like if you're listening on us, listening from YouTube. And if uh, drop a follow if you're listening from Spotify. Um, thank you guys and have a good one.